Welcome to the Cube Command Podcast. I'm your host, Tommy Savoya, and today we're here live at PodFest 2019 in Orlando, Florida. Now, I'm doing an interview with uh, William Coldwell, who is the host of the 21st Rewrite Podcast, a screenplay analysis podcast. So, uh, how are you, how you doing, William? Hi, Tommy. I'm happy to be here. I'm doing great. Thank you. All right. Uh, you enjoying PodFest so far? Yeah, absolutely. Your first time here? It is my first time. All right, and and you're liking it so far. That's that's great. A lot of people uh, came here this year. Apparently, it has the uh, uh, a double turnout than last year. It's about 500 people last year. This year, it's up to like a thousand people, and it's it's great. It's a great event. Um, so, what what made you want to go to Podfest? Well, I was just looking online uh, for other ways to interact with other people that shared the same interests, and so this came up. It was the first thing on the calendar for the year. I only saw the tickets a month ago. I bought a flight, really? booked a hotel room, and made my way here. Wow, that's a <laughs> that's a pretty like on the on the fly kind of thing. So you didn't hear about it before about a month ago? No. Wow. Uh, I, I guess that goes to show you know it has a has a large reach because I believe this is the biggest uh, podcasting event, rivaled only by Podcast Movement, which is in August, um, which I haven't had a chance to go to. But um, this is actually my second year here. Um, I've, I've had a great time here. I actually think this year is uh, blowing last year out of the water. Not to say last year was bad, but, man, this year it's just been so much more people, more networking opportunities, and uh, more more stuff to buy in the vendors area. <laughs> so you do the 21st Rewrite podcast, and uh, you, you're about uh, about seven episodes in, right? We've just released episode eight at the time of recording. Oh, really? Okay. I, I didn't see that last night. I was checking out your podcast last night. I didn't see that. Um, I'm going to have to check that out. So um, what what inspired you to do the uh, 21st Rewrite? As a struggling writer, I was finding it very hard to keep on top of trying to write long stories over a long period of time and maintain the same amount of enthusiasm about the story. So what I found was by agreeing with a friend who is my co-host, Alan Vasquez, to both read a story kind of like a a book club essentially and then meet on a regular basis to discuss that story and what made it work and what we were passionate about what we disliked about it figure out what we could learn from all of those things we would continuously improve as writers even when we were faced with writer's block wow so it's kind of a educational and learning experience. Exactly. And for you by, and the audience. Exactly. And by recording that and trying to share that with other people, we hope that other people can can gain from we've already done the hard work, so they can <laughs> gain from our knowledge essentially. And they don't have to flick through the six hundred page biography of Steve Jobs to know right. the basic idea behind that book and then what was done with that script by Aaron Sorkin, for example, in the movie Steve Jobs. Right, and and you did mention you do like uh, extensive amount of research for each episode. How long does it take you to produce a single episode? Because you do have to read the books and look at the screenplays and develop a script for that. I try to keep to a two-week schedule, more or less. Oh. Um, definitely there's a lot of variety in terms of 
the types of screenplays that we're reading. For example, La La Land is a musical. The screenplay is only about 87 pages, and there's an older draft version of that. But essentially, it's all in the mind of Damien Chazelle, who was the, the director, and that was very, very easy to research. Whereas Steve Jobs, 600-page book, plus different versions of the screenplay, there was a lot more research involved. But I tried to keep it to about two weeks on average, and we offset some of the more complicated episodes right. with the shorter episodes, and then just release on a re- regular basis. So you just you just do research on the fly with, with things at the same time. So if it's something's like shorter, it'll you'll release it then, and then you'll have stuff. Uh, no, no, that. we're keeping to the to a set release schedule. Which for the first ten weeks we're going to release everything weekly, oh, okay. and then from that point onwards we're going to go to every two weeks. We need, on average, about two weeks to research each individual episode to make sure it's as good as it can be. Right, and and that's good. It's uh, it's quality over quantity, and uh, I I think that's really something to be respected. So, you came here because you heard about it, right? And you started your podcast about uh, what was it two two months ago? Roughly? That's right. Yes, yeah. I started recording. I came up with the idea when I was back in England in April of last year, and then tried to figure out how do I even make a podcast? Right. That process took up until about September of last year. Then we started recording materials, trying it out, seeing how it would go. And eventually we we got to the beginning of January and I felt very confident that I could release it. That's good. Um, so as, as someone who has started their podcast, have you found a lot to be learned from podcasts? Because a lot of the, the, the panels here are about uh, how to start your podcast, how the pre-production goes, and what how to get an idea for a podcast. And there are some about post-production and how to how to put out your podcast. But have you gained more knowledge that um, you know for post-production and and post-release, or do you feel like you've learned a lot of stuff that pertains to people who have not started a show yet, and you're thinking, oh, I should have done that, or or if I want to start a podcast in the future, that's something I should learn. I think it's important to not be perfectionist and criticize everything you might have done already. Everything's all part of the same learning experience. But definitely there's been so much good information. There's been information about what to do from the beginning. There's been information about what to do five years down the line. Essentially, the idea for me has just to build a framework within which I operate trying to make sure that I don't do things that would fall completely outside of the, the general guidance of right. best best practices, best ways of, of managing something like a podcast. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with experimenting. If there is something that you want to do, I've learned that, you know, just go do it. That's what a lot of speakers say. Exactly. I feel like I've learned a lot from from trying things out. And also, you might have heard that writing is thinking. Essentially, what, what we're doing is thinking through talking and the same process is applying. Just reading the screenplay or, or watching a film isn't enough. We also have to process that, write our notes down, organize our thoughts in a way that we understand the content we've just experienced and then through talking about it, developing those ideas and through sharing those ideas again the development just continues i hear another perspective on a work that i hadn't even considered and ultimately we get this really nice analysis that is about as in-depth as we can get 
Right, because a lot of a lot of the best stuff comes, you know, the spur of the moment because your your adrenaline's high and you're like, oh, I want to do this, I want to do this, and so you just do it. And, and a lot of times when you're doing something, it doesn't go the way you plan. Like a lot of times, we'll make an episode and we'll start going on a tangent about something we had no idea we we're going to talk about, but it was a great segment, so I want to keep it in. And uh, I'm sure that's happened uh, with your podcast as well, because uh, I was listening to it, and you guys have a lot of great back and forth. Uh, nothing gets too high or too low. You have a great like constant sense of energy so you did mention that you had there was like a lot of things you learned but not to be perfectionist about and a lot of speakers have been talking about you know don't be a perfectionist but also don't be afraid to experiment so that's that's what i've taken away from it what what is there a specific speaker that you have uh, heard that really stuck with you you thought okay i'm going to go home i'm going to implement exactly what this person said right after i get back from podfest 2019 Yes, um, there's been a lot of great speakers. Actually, probably one of the ones I enjoyed most was someone who I naturally probably wouldn't have gone to her presentation. Uh, it was Carol Cox today on the Saturday, and she was talking about um, her epic, she likes to use acronyms, epic ideas for podcasts. And I think she had a really great way of actually simplifying the information she wanted to share and she was able to really engage the the people in the room. And I travel a lot. I meet a lot of different people. I'm not from America. I spend a lot of time in America now. And I find a lot of us are often talking in our own way, our own language of understanding the world. When I talk to a Christian, for example, they might be talking about the meaning of Jesus in their life and it might not be the way I see the world, but I get the message behind what they're saying, such as being good to others. It kind of, you know, it comes right. across. It's a good universal a, message. It, there's always a universal message once you look through the vocabulary or the ideology that someone might have. So listening to her, for example, and she was talking from the perspective of women entrepreneurs. Right. And I gained so much out of that talk. And I'm not her target market, but I definitely enjoyed what she was talking about. Yeah, I think I think uh, Podfest kind of has that effect where everyone is, they're not shooting for the same thing, but they all kind of have the same mindset of growth and personal improvement and learning from each other. Um, it's what I've discussed before with, uh, with other attendees, is that no one is on a higher level than anyone else. You know, people that have been doing it for like decades or, or even 10 years are, you know, they can learn just as much from someone who's been doing it five years. And uh, it's like you said, there's a universal message everyone wants to share. All of us, you know, podcasting is a, is, it can encompass things like general topics, like my show, or niche stuff, like your show. Even though it's different topics, we all have a, a personal sense of what we want to do with it, even though some people can't really relate to the topics. And, uh, and yeah, it's like you said, a uh, universal message. I think that's, that's one of the things that makes it such a successful venue is that people are here to learn from each other and improve and there are multiple ways to learn from that exactly that and it makes it a very inviting warm comfortable environment too. oh yeah you can always feel like you can share your thoughts and your ideas with people here which is wonderful and uh i'm, I'm sure you've thought of many ideas you want to, you want to do when you get back um way too many yeah yes. oh yeah <laughs> what what is one of those what do you plan to do when you get back? 
Well, strangely enough, I've even thought about starting another podcast in a completely oh, really? different area. So we'll see if that might take off or not. Um, certainly, I've got a lot on my plate at the moment uh, with trying to start a writing career, a full-time job, and a podcast that is very research-heavy. But that is the atmosphere I'm in right now, feeling so inspired that I think there are other aspects of my life and character that I could also incorporate into another podcast down the line, for example. Yeah, that's, uh, that's actually one of the things you mentioned, like, you know, when you get back, it's the environment. It's the environment that gets you in the mood to do something. A lot of times when people get back, it's like you get back, you get caught up in the daily life and you're like, oh, I, I kind of forgot to do this. I've, you know, I forgot to talk to this person, contact this one, start this show, had this idea for, because, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going on. It's hard to remember a lot of it so writing it down and i like to write it down in big and leave it in a prominent position near my desk right so that when i'm looking up from another task a week from now i'll just be reminded of the state of mind i was in when i wrote that and it can serve as a reminder if you leave it there too long it will just fade into the background and you won't notice it anymore right but just for the immediate return to normal life Leave, the, leave those notes written nice and big in a marker pen or in colors or whatever you like to do. And then you'll see it and you'll be reminded of, oh, yeah, I really wanted to implement these new changes to my show. You're a lot more organized than I am. <laughs> I, uh, before I left, I had this whole session where I was just cleaning my desk. I was like, I, you know what? I don't, I don't want to have a fire when I get back. I, I kind of removed these piece of paper from where my computer's plugged in. So, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's certainly something I just learned from you right now is that always keep a big thing you know, in your face, so you always remember it. What, what a good way of, of keeping that mindset, um, besides, you know, keeping it, like, in your face on a big thing on your desk, like you said, um, is to join the Facebook groups and, uh, or any social media groups to keep in touch with the people you do uh, talk with, because a lot of time you can get busy and you lose touch with these people. It's, it's always good to exchange contact information and, and be a part of these social media groups. Um, that's something I have to put more effort into is uh you know engaging more with the community online because it it's with the same people and it'll get you back into that mindset if you ever feel like you're in a slump okay so i guess to, to close it out uh will we be going to podfest 2020 i'm not sure yet not i'm sure. going to definitely think about it it's been a great experience and i would love to come back it's a long it's a long journey for me in particular i'm certainly thinking about it and i'm sure that once i'm back and a bit of time has passed, I'll be logging on and buying my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, the thing about this venue is that you have to be really quick to get your tickets because uh, the, the price goes up every day. Mm-hmm. And um, so they always tell you, oh, you know, you get those flyers in, in, the, in the breakout rooms and in the, the ballroom is that, you know, they have this flyer, oh, it's $200 now and the next day it's going to be like 205 or something. So it, it, kind of, it kind of puts you in that mindset like, oh, I got to get the ticket, I got to get the ticket, but I don't have $200 on me right now. It's a good way to get people to, to come. You know, I understand why they do it. Um, and uh, certainly I'm going to have to wait a bit too because I don't have $200. I can just whip out of my pocket and say, hey, all right, give me a ticket. Now's the time you should mention your Patreon or donation account then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if only I had one someday. That's, that's also something, uh, a good uh, donation account. Because um, I, I do stream on Twitch and stuff for, uh, for the podcast and uh, learn a lot of tips from that. And I'm glad you reminded me because uh, finding a way to get Twitch donations is something that uh, we're going to have to look into. So, all right. Podfest 2020. Uh, it's a very educational event. 
a lot of great people here, a lot of people you wouldn't even think of meeting, and uh, it's, it's a good first experience for many, and usually when you come back, you, you have a, like a better itinerary. Like If you decide to go in 2020, you're probably going to think, okay, I want to do this and this and this, instead of just kind of being overwhelmed by the whole event, you know? Accountability is very important, just right. for your own personal development. In order to hit deadlines, it's good to be accountable, even if you're just trying to be accountable to yourself. Booking a certain time in your calendar in the future, by which time there's something you want to be done. And coming to a place and meeting people a year later, for example, and wanting to show them precisely how much you've grown, how much you've done, all the things that you've achieved during that year. It's a great motivator. Oh, it really is. Being able to talk with the people you met before in person, if you haven't seen them in a long time. And, and like you said, accountability uh, a good a good thing to do is always you know give yourself a couple minutes in between events you know to kind of get oriented because sometimes there are technical difficulties sometimes a, a presentation won't start at like exactly the time you thought it was going to be and uh, maybe sometimes you you'll find something that you want to do that you want to fit in that schedule so always keeping you know, a flexible schedule is really important. The most important thing to do in the world is just take care of your, yourself. I'm not saying that. If you, don't, if you go to something and you didn't particularly think you were going to go there, you won't get good information. But right. if you're feeling tired, if you're feeling like you've got an idea that you really want to go and sit down and think it through, no one's holding you hostage, no one's keeping you no. in that room. Make the most of it. Go right. out there and, and try and do something great. Yeah, and don't, don't beat yourself up if, if you're not able to make the event you want because... Uh, there's, fi- there's five talks on at the same time. Exactly. All the time. You're going to miss... 80% of the oh, talks yeah. anyway. You're, you're, so. good. you're going to miss some stuff. And uh, always, always look at what you learned instead of what you missed. Exactly. You know? All right. So I guess I guess that wraps up our uh, interview with uh, William Coldwell. So why don't you go tell us about your uh, show again? So it's the 21st Rewrite. That's written with a 2 and a 1. So the 21st 2-1-ST Rewrite. And the name comes from the fact we analyze screenplays written in the 21st century. So anything from the year 2000 onwards, starting with Gladiator or Almost Famous, those kind of things will be from the year 2000. But we're not ever going to be able to do Fight Club. There's a year out. I can't really talk about it. um, But that keeps us grounded. That gives us uh, an area that we work into and keeps our podcast on a with a a clear theme and the idea of rewriting I've rewritten and rewritten and rewritten scenes of novels of non-fiction of of screenplays been so frustrated the 21st time is the charm (laughs) (laughs) hey that's a good tagline yeah you know I I, I listen to your podcast it's it's very fascinating stuff because just learning about the history of it because I've dabbled in fictional fantasy writing myself and it's it can get kind of daunting you know and mm-hmm. it's it's good to see what goes behind the minds of people who have written successful things and uh, like i said you guys have a really good commentary style you really good back and forth so go go ahead and check out your podcast uh what what platforms are you on so currently it's um it's on podbean uh but you can go to our website and get the direct rss feed and put it into your favorite podcast app anyway but i'm going to simplify that in time I can't do everything all in one go, so oh, that's all right. I wanted to focus on getting the best show that I could for the time being and then figure out all the technical aspects later. Hey, so probably respect. by the time someone checks the website out, it'll be much, much nicer and easier to use. At the moment, it's very user-friendly. It's right. very nice and simple. But if you have a preferred app, you just want to go in and copy that RSS feed and put it into your app as opposed to trying to search for it because it's still quite new. 
All right, so that was our interview with William Coldwell at PodFest 2019 located in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you can listen to the Cube Command podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Blueberry.com, the Tech Podcast Network, Google Podcast, and TuneIn. All right, tune in next week or next couple of weeks. We're still trying to decide if we're doing a bi-weekly or weekly. It, it kind of fluctuates given the schedule of a co-host, but definitely every every Monday we do uh, try to do a stream for every podcast on Twitch. And we're going to be making an exclusive Twitch for Cube Commands very soon. So, thank you for listening. My name is Tommy Savoya. And I'm William Caldwell. Oh, yeah, and William Caldwell. And we'll see you guys later.